You are listening to Prickly and Blooming, brought to you by LaJoy Society. And now, your hostess, Jesse Browning. All right, all right, all right. Hey, hey, hey. It's Wednesday. So you're here for a new episode. Uh, we're getting into it. We're getting into season two. I love it. We've heard from some awesome women who I hope have inspired you and maybe you've made some connection and maybe you followed them on social media or, you know, I don't know, you sent them an email or something. I hope, I hope you're, you're getting something out of this. Uh, so this week I got a woman named Allie. Allie and I lived in the same town for uh, a couple months um, and I didn't meet her. <laughs> uh, it was a really small town, but turns out we talked about the timing of when she was in the same town as me and I had just had a baby that summer, at the beginning of that summer. So for the time that she was uh, residing in the same town as me, I was deep in baby time. So we, that's we figured out why we our paths didn't cross. I had had our third baby and was home with three children, you know, just, just surviving somehow through that summer. So Allie and I had a mutual friend who suggested that I reach out to her and uh, have her on the show because she has a relevant story. Um, so here we are, and we're going to talk to Allie this week. So I'm going to send it over to the interview. All right, here I am with Allie. Hello, Allie. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm good. I went on my morning walk and it's not miserably hot yet. So yay. Yeah. Yeah. The mornings in Texas are quite lovely. They can be. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We get outside in the morning, my husband and I, and by like eight o'clock, the sun hits us. We're like, okay, it's time to go inside. Exactly. Well, cool. So Allie, do you want to get us started um, by telling us a little bit about yourself before we hear your story? What do we need to know about you? Uh, well, I love cats. <laughs> Yay! How many do you have? I have two. Two. Yeah. Um, what are their wait? What are their names? <laughs> their names are uh, Harry Potter, but we call him Bud, and then we have Vela Fleck, but we call her Beans. Oh, I love um, it. Yeah, they're very, very sweet and dumb. But <laughs> I'm, I'm from North Texas, Wichita Falls, and I moved to Austin about a decade ago for music, and so yeah. I mean, in, in pre-COVID life, I was a musician and playing a lot in town, playing a lot all over the States. And um, now I am mostly teaching visual art online and um, reading tarot online and doing a social media job online and kind of just, uh, I don't know, like <laughs> I know. Fi- figuring out who I am in this new world. Hmm. Yeah, as a traveling performing musician, um, that put a big <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm stop. also like immunocompromised, so it's like I can't. You know, I'm not gonna. I probably won't be playing again until 2021. Honestly, oh, yeah. I mean, I I'll do it. online shows once a month, but that's mm-hmm. a little different. <laughs> yeah. Are you doing those now? I am. I have one um, June 27th. Oh, at um, 7 p.m. That's on my Facebook and mm. Instagram. Cool. What are, well, you said you're teaching art mm-hmm. to children, to adults? To oh. all, all the above. Oh, I have cool. a, um undergrad and master's in art education. Okay. And um, so, yeah, I'm just teaching through Laguna Gloria. It's a um, contemporary museum. It's their art school and sculpture garden. 
here in okay. Austin. And oh, okay. I teach at a painting with a twist. <laughs> and oh. then I teach um, my own private art lessons. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. Was that, was it online pre-COVID or was that a COVID? Uh, no, that's totally a, a COVID pivot. Totally a COVID pivot. But honestly, like I'm not around the kids, so I'm not getting sick, which is awesome. And, um, it's like, I don't like, you know, a big part of teaching is like classroom control and discipline. And like, I can't do anything about either of those when they're on the other side of the computer. So I actually just get to teach and right. Who cares awesome. if they're right. If they're walking around, he right. wants to, yeah. You're like, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's pretty hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to ask my teacher friends about that. Yeah. Cause I've seen yeah. it here in my, you know, how's the kids just walking around with their iPads, you know? Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, I'm not like, I feel bad for like public school teachers because they have to like do tax or stars or whatever it is now. I can't keep up, but I, I'm just like, you know. They didn't do the test this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was one of the first things that um, left the school system before they even decided to, you know, do school from home the entire year. They called off the... Um, that star it was a t- I can't remember they oh. called that off so they hopefully did something reasonable That's uh-huh impressive. yeah they called that off one of the first things was like okay we're not doing that this year um yeah so hopefully that will continue that yeah let's let's like do a little like yeah keep that going screw yeah. those tests testing is Test, so yeah. stupid yes so all right do you want to start telling us your story by the you know a moment that as we we call it the this can't be my life or just not this. And it I think that it's like when you said that, I was thinking and I was like, oh, I have like a succession of moments. Mm-hmm. Like this, that's pretty common <laughs> as well. <laughs> so I guess like I, when I was 20, I mean, I'm from a small North Texas town. So I was, I was drinking a lot, a lot earlier than a lot of kids. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I am, um, when I was 21, I found out I had hepatitis C, which I had gotten from my mom. Um, through birth she had had it as well and um I didn't stop you know I didn't go through treatment for that until I was 23 I moved back home after college and um like for six months I quit drinking and I went through these incredibly horrific treatments of interferon and ribavirin and now I think they have like a pill for it that's really mild and cures it completely but I was you know I did that like a decade before that pill came out and um, I mean, I'm so thankful I could be at home with my parents and I was still on their insurance and they were very supportive and loving. And um, so I went through that and then I moved to Austin to play music and did some teaching. And I think like I'd never had immune problems until that point. And then so I spent a lot of time like wearing myself down, wearing my body down and then, you know, like playing all the time, like being on the road, like I just, I, I had no sense of my central nervous system or my immune system, that just things weren't taught to me that way. And when I was 28, I was, and I have like, so I've had like chronic migraines since I was 12, so like two decades, and um, I was on some, I've been on so many drugs for migraines, <laughs> I can't remember which one it was, but I like, um, one night had a gig and uh, the medication just, um, didn't mix well with the with the alcohol I was drinking and just ended up I just like stopped drinking that night because I was in so much pain and it was already like it wasn't fun for me anymore you know it was like I was just feeling really sick and um so I think once I stopped drinking 
I was kind of like, oh, like, I didn't realize I was numbing myself out to all the emotions and pain my body had. And, and then when I was probably like 25, I got something called vulvodynia, which is like um, neuropathic and muscular. And it's basically my vulva has nerve damage and all my um, pelvic floor muscles are like involuntary, involuntarily spasming all the time. It makes sex really difficult and very painful. And so it causes <laughs> infections all the time. So there was that going on too. And that's when I kind of realized like, I guess like I should back up too and also say um, I like always had like crazy eating disorder, disordered eating. And when I was in grad school, um, I, I, got, I got free therapy through mm -hmm. UT and they had like a mind body connection program and a mindful eating. Anyways, so like all these little pieces were like helping me heal slowly um, and kind of changing the way I saw my body and my mind and like how I just wasn't taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. And, um, which I was never taught to. So like, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't, I'm done beating myself up about that. But, um, then basically I'm trying to think of all, all the main bullet points. I started doing lots of therapy, lots of physical therapy, um, just trying all these different alternative things and then, um, health wise. And then I had just only have two more in the succession. I oh, sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um. Uh, um, playing music, I was feeling really icky about it's always like you're promoting yourself and your face and your, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you own businesses, like mm -hmm. it's a lot of promotion. And when you're promoting mm -hmm. yourself, it feels really weird after a while and it feels really mm -hmm. gross. And um, so I was like, okay, this has to be like, I have to figure out a way to do this to like serve other people, people. Otherwise I'm, I'm not going to be able to keep doing this. Mm -hmm. And um, so my last album that I put out in April, which let me tell you how great that was after a year of yeah. fundraising and putting all my money towards um, PR. Same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, were supposed, we were supposed to open our location in April. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. It's like. That's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, but it was, yeah. it was all about my uncomfortable truths about like chronic pain and about depression you know, mental health and anxiety about women's rights. Um, so many things about privilege, about I'm out of, I'm out of the mindset of talking about it. <laughs> so I kind of <laughs> forgot my spiel, but um, <laughs> yeah. So I did that and um, I kind of started doing vignettes about my own uncomfortable truth and um, about how I have vulvodynia and how I have chronic pain and, and how I, you know, got a medication last like a year and a half ago and it changed my life. I'm on Wellbutrin and Pristique. And, um, and then this beginning of this year, I found out about um, TMS work, which is like the mind-body connection through pain and like how basically our neural pathways, like whatever, fires together, wires together. So it's the idea that like... Um, all this chronic pain, like the migraines of vulvodynia, like the, now I have acid reflux, now that my migraines are a little more under control, like that pain moves in your body, like your lizard brain, it's trying to keep you safe, right? And so you don't have to feel these really intense emotions. And so now I'm doing a lot of work around that, but it's just been this like complete um, overhaul of my central nervous system and of my body and my mind and how to be able to, I don't know, be aware of my thoughts and be aware of my pain and just be with the pain and not find a negative or positive 
And um, it's been super helpful in some respects and some it hasn't really done much. But so I don't know, I guess like that's been kind of my my journey at this point of and, you know, like in in college, I was like we were talking about the untamed, like up until junior high, I was like myself, you know, and then you kind of start to lose yourself in junior high and then high school, same thing. And then in college, I was just some weird version of myself and drank all the time and um, super unhealthy and numbed out. And then even when I moved to Austin, just a lot of, a lot of numbing out. And so now like being able to be with my emotions and be very steeped in therapy and, and learn how to like, I don't know. It's just, it's a different, it's a different perspective. And the last thing I'll say is I've never, I'd never realized that even after all this work I've done, like I've been home since March, right? So March, April, May, June, almost four months complete. And like, this is the first time I've ever rested. Like it's the first time since high school that I've been in a routine that I've um, been exercising regularly. Like I've been able to focus on my eating and my body image in a way that is a little more healthy <laughs> and I'm sleeping and I'm napping and I'm, you know, my body's finally getting a chance to recover. I'm so excited to hear more stories like that, that you just said of, and I, I, you can see vignettes of it, but I think as we get further away from, you know, this COVID time of people having time to reflect and be like, Oh my God, I realized that, these 10 things shifted for me when I had three months off, you know, like it's, uh, it's so interesting to see what um, people are being able, are being able to get into, you know, like, like you said, like, Oh, I'm, I'm can actually do the exercising every day. And you yeah, know, it's, I it's can, exciting. Like, do my journaling every day. And I, I realize that mm -hmm. comes from like a very privileged place and I'm yeah. so very thankful for it. Um, but yeah, I, it, I, who knew after the first month of losing my mind, like I've really come a long yeah. way since yeah. the beginning of COVID. <laughs> yes. I think collectively, what, 80% of us lost our minds probably oh, <laughs> in easily. March. And yeah, the 20% that didn't were just lying to themselves. Well, I think maybe they'd already lost their mind. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. Maybe, maybe they were, 80% were just pretending we were hanging on to it, right? Right. And Unlike, even though like, um, you know, people are kind of still being assholes about COVID and not respecting other human life. Like I think that like, thank God we're in this. So like all this movement around black lives matter was able to be embraced. And, and so like, I don't know, prominent. Yeah. People yeah. were still enough to pay attention. I think so. I think so. People had, yeah, enough time yeah. to like be able to absorb it. Yeah, and it puts things in perspective, you know, like once like your business doesn't open and your album does nothing and like, you know, like you you kind of put things in perspective, like people are dying and then like people of color have been dying for centuries, you know, so it's it's it puts things in perspective of like, oh, yeah, like life is about more than mm -hmm. me. Right. Yeah. All right. So we've got like a nice like flyover <laughs> <laughs> and I, i'm taking notes over here i'm like okay it seems like in my little note taking here it seems like i would say like maybe things for you took like the turn when you got sober at 28 right yeah for sure yeah that was like that kind of started the 
the new unraveling of like, wait a second, like this is what's really going on. I can feel it now. I'm not numbing it out. And I'm going to now like get into this area of the swamp and like figure yeah. out what's going on. It's and like I think an it, onion layer, you know, it's like yes. just peeling back. And even like, you know, that was five years ago. And like, Every time you think you're you've filled the last layer, you're like, oh god, there's like seventy more layers. Seriously, yeah. And I, I wrote down um, when you were um, talking about you know making sense of the chronic pain and whatever, whatever. And I wrote down what you know my therapist likes to say. It just is. Yeah, and that's it's crazy. What I've been learning about chronic pain is like one of the main tricks to trick your central nervous system is like when the pain's there to just be like all right, like, hello, (laughs) like, let's, let's observe this. And let's just welcome it. And like, the more that we don't fear it, like the more it goes away, the more we like rewire. So tell me, because I'm, I'm not a chronic pain um, person. Like, has this been something you felt since you were like a little being or did it when you said you were diagnosed at 21? So I'm assuming you were feeling, you know, Well, the hep C, like, that was never something I felt. Um, Yeah, the migraines I've had since I was 12, and that definitely is something that I felt. Felt. (laughs) Um, You know, and how to learn how to cope with and things like that. And which, honestly, like, it's been easier for me to adopt that understanding of just, like, fuck it, whatever, about my pain, because it's been there for so long that it's, like, I'm going to literally try, short of like sacrificing a goat, I've done everything you can do to like (laughs) help it. So that's like, I've really found a lot of um, improvement with that. But the stuff that's like the vulvodynia, the stuff that's been around like eight or nine years that affect not only me, but my husband and like that stuff's a little, that's a little more emotionally wrapped up and feeling like you're, you know, living a full life is, is, is harder to say fuck it too you know i'm still right still learning on that one right i forgot your question i'm sorry oh no, no i was i was talking um i was asking about like what it feels like to have you know chronic pain and like when when like when can you trace that back to you and you said like migraines was like 12 yeah and know? then the other stuff started probably when i was like 25 yeah the vulvodynia yeah Tell me more <laughs> while we stopped there. Tell me more, like, if you want, you know, if, if you don't want to talk, like, is it something that you didn't really experience the pain until, like, you were sexually active or well, did you? I had a um, partner who cheated on me and I didn't know it and he didn't own up to it. And so we just kept having sex and it became more and more painful and I didn't know what was going on. And, you know, when I was 25, my motto was like, yeah, just push through it. Like, push through it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, whatever. Strong woman. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, my God. And, yep. <laughs> um, and so I, I wish that I had been raised off girls and not sex in the city. <laughs> I would have had a completely different <laughs> paradigm with empowerment. Sex in the city here. <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm 40. So, yeah, way more <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) And um, yeah, so by the time I finally went to the doctor several months later, they were like, oh, you know, you have this thing called, you know, like you have chlamydia and it's been like, you know, it goes away. Like, it's fine. You take an antibiotic for it. But because you've had this infection for so long, um, it's basically just like your body is going. And I, I didn't know all of this. My gynecologists at the time were 
they were basically just like gave me a sheet of paper, you know, <laughs> like and this they is, were like, here you go. Yeah. Take these antibiotics and like, it's just going to be painful, you know? And it's like, okay. And I finally got in with this woman named Kimberly Carter, um, who's like an vulvodynia expert and she's, <laughs> I feel like we're friends at this point. Oh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> we have, I've been seeing her for so long, but, um, I mean, gosh, I've tried everything. So it's basically like, I'm going to get real, real down yeah. and dirty with this, but basically like the, um, like the bottom of your vulva, right? Which I didn't mm-hmm. even know your vulva and vagina were two different things. <laughs> like, how did I not know that? I don't know. But like the bottom um, of it, there's just nerve damage um, when there's like when there's An penetration. Infection. Oh, okay. Um, Cause like even after the infection's gone, like the neural pathways are still perceiving that touch as pain. And so, um, yeah, and then, like, so there's that. And then beyond that, there's, like, the vaginismus, which is my muscles basically are just, like, I, I like, I liken it to, like, a football player's muscles, like, on their shoulders, you know? Like, that's what my pelvic floor muscles are like. Like, my lower abdomen and my thighs and my butt and, like, everything in between are just, like, insanely tight. And um, And then because of, like, all the trauma around that, I've gotten... I get yeast infections all the time or, you know, just random stuff that isn't a yeast infection. It's called like, um, cytolytic vaginitis, <laughs> which acts like a yeast infection, but isn't a yeast infection. So now I'm like completely immune to yeast medication. Oh, know. cool. Yeah. That's great. That's and, um, great. you know, I, I mean, I've tried so many different things from like getting steroid injections straight into my vulva <gasps> and like, I- Wow. Yeah. And like, you know, all sorts of crazy shit. I mean, I've tried every, again, kind of like with a migraine, short of sacrificing a goat, I've done it. And (laughs) even though I knew like the emotional component was a part of it, like intellectually, it hasn't really been until this last year that I've really dug down into that. And um, so that's been interesting to kind of start addressing it that way, because like, I'm, I can't, I've tried everything physically and it's not budging. So, um, I don't know. It's just interesting. So now I'm trying to like, cause it, like I don't, I can't wear jeans anymore because it's so painful and I wear, um, like leggings, but because of COVID I've been eating a lot of bread and I can't really fit into my <laughs> leggings anymore. So even those are uncomfortable, but like, it's just, I have to like ignore the ant bite feeling and I have to, you know, and it's, it's interesting because like, I've been doing all this work around there's, you should listen to this podcast called, um, unfuck your brain. It's incredible. I think you would love it. Um, but I've been doing a lot of thought work and a lot of this like mind body work. There's a great app called curable. It's about mind body work, but doing all this work around like, okay, not being afraid of the pain, but then there's just like, so let's say I'm not afraid of the pain, but then when I'm like, want to like engage in sexual activity with my husband, I have to be like, I mean, like, and thank God I know all of this now. The first couple of years of our marriage, I didn't even know this. And I thought I was just a broken individual, you know? And, um, and it was, I mean, in one sense, it was great because we had to do so much work in the first two years that like, we're great. <laughs> we're great. Yeah. Now, you yeah. Know? You had to do a lot of deep, like, okay, yeah. this is my vulva. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And we yeah. got married after six months of knowing each other because his visa was up. So we really like, we we learned a lot about each other and ourselves. You dove into the deep end is what you're saying. <laughs> I did. You didn't take that little kid shallow walk into the pool. You went to the diving board. <laughs> diving board, yeah. And um, it's kind of my style. Yeah. But um, it's, I think it's called perfectionism. Ah. <laughs> um, but yeah, which uh, apparently perfectionism and people pleasing are like two of the biggest like 
things that cause chronic pain. But anyways, going back, like, I can still be like, all right, pain, fuck yourself. Like, I'm not going to worry about you. But then I have to, like, if I want to do something sexual, I have to, like, be like, okay, I'm going to do some deep breathing. And I have to, like, convince my lizard brain that I'm safe and that there's no danger. And, like, a lot of the, some of the times I can get through that, you know, helps when I eat edibles, too. But then, like, some of the times it's like I can't, like, the onion layers are just stuck. And I can't, I can't move forward. And it's so frustrating um, to have intellectual knowledge about it and just still, and I've only been working on this for six months. So, like, I get it. It takes a long time. But, um, but yeah, it's just interesting, like, how, and then, of course, like, I've had to fight the whole, like, I think with chronic pain, you end up being, like, you're worthless and you're just a burden on people and you know especially with the sex stuff it's been a lot of like well why like why even have this let this poor person be in this marriage with you because you know like I mean he's a saint like he's been really really incredible about it but it's a lot of a lot of strange times a lot of talk right a lot yeah of, and like yeah. I'm thankful though like because my parents are incredible people like they're yeah amazing and supportive and I was raised uh, because their generation, because it's North Texas, like we didn't talk about our feelings. I wasn't raised to talk about my feelings. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you understand. <laughs> yes. And, and so like, um, I'm just now learning how to talk about all this stuff in the last several years. And it's been like so liberating because that is the only way through chronic pain and depression and anxiety. Like it's kind of like when you're in art school and you go to a critique for the first time and you're like, oh my God, this is the worst feeling I've ever felt. Yes. And then you learn about constructive criticism and how failing's good. And Yes. Oh my God, I love that you said that. I remember going to um, a community college photography class when I was like 16 or something and it was just like, I can't do this. I can't yeah. do this. People you know, are so like, mean. People are so mean. I can't <laughs> do this. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Oh, it's so interesting. Yeah, and it was all adults. Yeah, oh, I was yeah. by far the youngest. So it was people who had like evolved to be able to groan to be able to handle that. And I was yeah. just like, oh, get me out of here. I can't yeah. do any art. And it's you tricky because if, I mean, some people just quit after that, you know, if they don't have the tools or the support to get through it. Yeah, I never took another <laughs> class. I mean, I took, um, yeah, I took pottery before that and photography. And yeah, I never took another class after that. I was 16 and I was homeschooling, I was homeschooling myself. And so that was like, I, yeah, I did for like a year and a half. And then I went to um, college my last year. Anyway, I was a very uh, 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 go-getter teenager. <laughs> anyway. Oh my gosh. I love, I like, so love, I questions. love the idea of this podcast. A lot of people uh, don't want to hear it. You know, a lot yeah. of people don't want to feel uncomfortable and they don't want to, and even my friends, like some of them are so, are really amazing about it and just keep listening. But you know, some of them, like I'm, I'm not really close with anymore because they don't want to hear it. They don't want to, and it's not going away. So they definitely don't want to hear it and keep hearing it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it, it was pure, like, this idea for the podcast purely came from my own of like, I have this story and I wasn't telling anybody and I finally started telling people and I was What's like, wait a second. Story? Uh, it's the first episode of the show okay. um, where I was drunkenly passed out on New Year's Eve 2014 to 15 and I awoke to like the middle of a sexual assault Aww. in 
and you know small town that we used to live in oh oh no uh, oh mm -hmm. man yeah and then I changed my life after that but I wasn't telling anybody what happened to that led to that and so um anyway um knowing like claiming that as my story now and being like this is what was really going on this is I looked like a mom who was like I'm learning how to care for myself and I'm filling up my cup and I'm doing all these good things and it was like I had this the secret seed of it all you know and so it was taking back that story and so I tell that story and I knew that like that would be the beginning of the show because I was like there's other women out there who are something similar yeah and, and like, like I want to have these uncomfortable need to yeah. hear it you know like that's the most important part because someone else has had the exact same experience and they're not allowed to talk about it and they can't see themselves in anyone else because of that mm -hmm. yeah and I mean it's incredible that the stories that I've heard and the women that I've met and you know we've gone from like roles as stepmothers to you know suicide ideation to eating disorders divorce job law like all like it's amazing and it's and I find the value in and I don't know how to say this without saying it like regular women and I'm doing this in air quotes everyone do you know like um we're not here we're not um celebrity I'm doing this in air quotes too do you know what I mean like yeah, yeah. there's there's power in this sort of connection between um not uh, um I don't know it's 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 not promoting like something else this is purely and for the sake of connection yeah you know that's what I've um wanted to focus on for this show it's like what you know for women who are capable like I've had a lot of um we'll get back to you a lot of like I've reached out and a lot of people um say yes and then like that then no I don't get any more follow-ups because and, and I what I think what's so great about that is they understand that I'm asked like the the ask of the show is a lot you know it's not like let's talk about being boss babes you know like <laughs> it's like let's tell me about the shittiest point in your life and yeah tell me about your vulnerability which Brene Brown like we were talking about she's the queen the queen yes the queen okay so I have um let's get back to your story enough about, I'm like enough no, about I, me I'm hearing <laughs> it too you know yeah yeah um the disordered eating mm. like when when did that surface for you oh gosh probably I mean the earliest I can so I was in ballet from the time I was like four until I was like 14 and so I think there was a lot of inherent messages that I was picking up and when I was when I was younger, I was like in a in a naturally thin body, um, and so I think there was that, and just the cultural, all the cultural things that we we just take in. And I mean, my mom was raised that way too, so I was picking up a lot from her, um, which is not her fault. I mean, like again, it's just the culture of things. And then I think in college, I started binge eating because you know I was also drunk all the time, and I also just was. I didn't know how to, it was another numbing technique and I didn't, I didn't even understand what I was doing. I just knew that I was putting on like 40 pounds. Um, and, and yeah, I just hated, hated my body for so long. And, um, and when I basically, I mean, that was happening when I went through the interferon and ribavirin for the hep C, I went from a size 14 to a two within like, 
three or four months. Um, it's a big jump. And in my mind, like, of course, I'm like, hell yeah. Like, hell yeah. I'm looking right. great. Yeah. <laughs> but then I, I looked in the mirror one time and I saw the same whale of a human that I saw when I was, you know, 12 sizes bigger. And that's when I was like, oh, like, there's something wrong in my brain, which I found out was body dysmorphia. Um, and then actually, like, going to grad school, even though I'm <laughs> crazily in debt, like, one of the best blessings of that was um, going, being, getting the free therapy at the Mind Body Image Clinic because she gave me some Janine Roth books. Um, and it was all about binge eating and, and mindfulness and like, these are actually your emotions. And so I went through a lot of stuff with that. Um, you know, I'd get better and then I'd keep binging and I'd get better and keep binging. Um, and then, you know, it's a cycle of beating yourself up all the time and then hating your body. And then I would say two years ago, I, so I do this, um, probably not this upcoming January, but for the last three years I've done, um, a, um, women's songwriter retreat with some incredible women and a friend of mine, she, um, was reading a book called, um, intuitive eating and, I, at that point, had been, like, I was on Noom. Do you know what uh -huh. Noom is? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Fucking Noom. And it's like so, an app, right? Yeah, it's an app. And it's basically just a diet that is disguised as not a diet. And so I was restricting, restricting, restricting for months and months on this diet, doing good, being healthy. I'm making air quotes. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. um, and it's like a mindfulness, right? Sort of no, it's, it's like marketing though, but marketed. Yeah, yeah. marketed yeah, is like yeah, a different yeah. kind of whatever. And it's just tracking is all it is. And then so in that January, um, I was at the retreat um, and I just lost my shit, you know, and it was just like because every restriction ends in a, in a binge, right? And um, so anyways... I start, I like bought intuitive. She told me, she was like, you've got to listen to this book called, or this podcast called Food Psych. And it's a great, it's like psych, P-H-Y, P-S-Y, I don't know how to spell psych. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, but it's all about anti-diet culture and all this stuff. And it's the idea of like not dieting and not trying to shrink your body, like grieving the thin ideal um, which is, is still something I'm struggling with. But so I, all that year was, I got the intuitive eating workbook changed my life. You know, like I spent several months just like letting myself eat whatever I wanted. And, mm -hmm. um, because, and then you finally, your body really does start finally feeling like it doesn't need a bench anymore. Cause you're not, you're allowing yourself to eat whatever you want. So it's not going into that fight or flight mode of like, ah, I'm going to, I'm going to starve at some point. So I've got to eat all this food. And so doing great. I'm like, I have kicked this shit. I am doing so good. And at that point I was, I was still in like, you know, a very restricted body size almost. And, um, and then slowly over the year, I start getting a little bigger and a little bigger and a little bigger, um, because my body's just like evening out. And that's the idea of intuitive eating. Like if you're listening to your hunger, if you're listening to your fullness, like your body's just going to be its natural weight and that's fine. You know, whatever that is, is fine. And so I, because I have all this crazy body pain stuff, I, I started doing an inflammation diet, um, which honestly was really helpful. Like it, it did show me a lot of things that about, I don't need to be eating a lot of processed food. I don't need to be eating certain things. They really do affect my body in certain ways. 
but it was very restrictive. And I again got down to this like tiny restrictive body, which I was like loving, you know, sickly. And then the next year at the retreat, so this has been a full year, I'm back at the same retreat, same people. And um, I just kind of realized that like, oh my God, like this was just another diet. And I was just, I've been restricting. And then so I spent, um, you know, the beginning of this year, I don't know, binging and then just trying to be aware of, I don't know, it's just, it's an ongoing thing and it's something, and I was fine with it until COVID and I started breaking bread every week, which was really delicious, but my body started getting bigger and then I just was already in COVID and freaking out, you know, and so now I'm just trying to get back to a normal place of, of eating and, and trying to, you know, when I eat, not read or look at the TV or look at my phone and I don't know, I, I was talking to my therapist about it and she was like, it's just something that doesn't go away, you know, like, you just have to, it's a part of you and you just have to keep working on it. And so that, that's my eating disorder story. I love it. So is intuitive eating had a workbook. That, yeah, it's that, incredible. That sounds so beneficial f- to it actually, is. to actually go through this process of, you know, learning how to. Yeah. I had no I idea assume, right? how to listen to my hunger or my fullness. And I guess the latest thing I've been doing is this thought work from that girl, the unfuck your brain girl, Kara. And so like, you're slowly changing your thoughts, right? So my first thought was I hate my body. <laughs> and um, now my thought that I've, I've been practicing it for almost three months is I'm so thankful for my body. Sometimes I like my body. And like those are just starting to stick like three months later. So it really shows me like you really like on the thought ladder of things, like you just slowly move up to neutral, more and more neutral slash positive thoughts before you can actually change those ingrained patterns, you know? Oh, I love it. And all this stuff we can uh, link to if everyone, you know, there'll be show notes and all of that. So, okay. We kind of have gone over it, but um, <laughs> I love to know, you know, cause you've, you've, you've given us a full, like of how you, you know, worked through, you know, the disordered eating. We've talked about, you know, the, um, sobriety, you know, like I love to know because you've clearly been able to like whoosh, pull yourself out of, um, you know, some habits and, yeah. you know, whatever, you know, but how like I like to know specifically like journaling, yoga, therapy, meditation, blah, blah, those things yeah. that like that. And honestly, for me, like at first when I, you know, was like yoga, fucking yoga, ugh, you know, <laughs> right you know like if some people you know um like my friend is a crossfit you know she's like i thought it was stupid but it's like it puts her in her you know in her um exercise routine you know what is it this is like the most long-winded no i love (laughs) it fucking question about you know what what are the tools that you used when you realized like okay shit's got to change what did you pull into your like life to be like this is how i'm going to move forward um I mean, I've been doing yoga off and on, I've been meditating off and on, but honestly, up until COVID, because I was, I've been doing so great on medication, but then when COVID happened, the medication was like, not enough. And um, I, so I get up every morning and I walk and I do um, like 45 minutes of walking. And then I um, have been doing, I've been doing this for like, you know, almost four months now, which has been really helpful. And then like four or five times a week, I do yoga with Adrian, like 
20 to 30 minute classes. And then I do journal speak, which is there's a woman named um, Nicole Sachs, who's like part of the chronic pain thing, the mind body connection. And it's basically 20 minutes every day. And I do it on my computer because I can't read my handwriting. And um, I just like you talk about the deepest shit you have, you know, like she has you make a list of like childhood, present day and then personality traits. And you kind of just dig into all the stuff you don't want to, that's shameful, all the stuff that you don't want to feel, all the stuff that makes you angry. Um, and that's been really helpful. It's allowed me to see, like, I never allowed myself to feel shame, uh, to feel anger. And that's something I'm still working on. Um, yeah. And then I Pe- also... The people, the people pleasing part, right? The people pleasing. <laughs> right. That's the anger yes. mixed in with that, the isn't perfectionism. it? Perfectionism. Exactly. And then I also do, um, I was like trying to meditate on my own for a couple of months and I was just beating myself up of like, I'm not doing this right. And I hate this. And kind of like yoga at the beginning. It's like, Oh God, this is awful. (laughs) But it gets easier and you enjoy it more, um, as your, as your body gets used to it. But so I finally, the past month I've been using headspace and I've just been doing guided meditations every day and it's, it's been amazing. And so those are like the four pillars of my, you know, because if I tried, if I, and I've also tried, I will say with exercise, like I can't do like the, the CrossFits and the, like my body is not meant for that. Like and walking and yoga is like what my body needs and I don't need to do boot camp shit. <laughs> yeah. Some people that is their jam and yeah. running. Like there's a lot Ugh. of, you know, people love to run and, you know, I'm not being a defeatist. It's just not my jam. No, it's not <laughs> my knees jam. I have really yeah, big so boobs. It's not their Me jam. too. <laughs> Me too. Oh my God. We can talk sports bras in a minute. Oh God. <laughs> After we, you know. Right. Yes. Huge. And the, yeah. Anyway, um, it's, um, so I'd like to like know like what's your jam? My jam is yoga. Same thing, like walking and yoga, you know? And so there's different, you know, find your jam. <laughs> yeah. I feel like too, I have to reiterate that like all this shit is like, um, what did one of my friends called it? Um, like white girl problems, you know, like I really want to acknowledge that like, I feel very privileged to even be able to, uh, have this self-inquiry and have this be able to focus on myself instead of like you know having a roof over my head or being able to put food on the table things like that so we got you know yoga exercise morning routine all that kind of stuff oh therapy do you just, when did you start I do therapy? I started therapy in grad school um when when it was free <laughs> and then I've been going off and on and you know some therapists are better than others and then there's Austin has an incredible program called SINS that um if you're a musician they give you um kind of like sliding scale access to healthcare. um yeah it's amazing they really help they have also have HAM which gives musicians insurance um I'm on my husband's now because he has a, a job but um anyway SIMS I see a therapist every other week now um for like 20 bucks every time and it's incredible and one of the biggest uh, I mean it's been amazing and helpful and EMDR has been really helpful it's it's hard to do over zoom and then my husband and I we used to see um, a sex therapist every other week and now it's just once a month but she's incredible like I just can't even begin to tell you how incredible she is and she's really helped my um, perspective a lot on things 
Cool. Did, was that something you used um, as you were processing the vulvodynia? Yeah, it was because like yeah. at the beginning of our relationship, I mean, it was it, it for whatever reason, whatever time period I broke up with my last partner and the year that I was single and then the beginning, like the first, you know, I don't know, four or five months of my relationship before we got married, like it, uh, for some reason it was a lot easier for me to have sex and it was less painful and I was getting less infections. And so when that reared its head again, um, that's when it was kind of like, we have to, we're like, so in our own stories right now, we have to, yeah. we have to, we need help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bring somebody in here with us. Cool. And so now we love, this is like the natural, like, okay, like where I was, what happened, how I, you know, moved out of it is like, now what, you know, like what's the future for you? Uh, and then of course, after we get to that, we'll, um, talk about where people can find you yeah um that's a good question i mean i guess it's a it's a weird question right now it was a lot uh, easier to answer before covid people were yeah. like oh this is what i'm working on and this is what i you know what i mean like yeah i mean but like, now it's like i don't fucking know yeah like <laughs> i would you know i was supposed to be on the road for a month a month this summer and now i'm home <laughs> so i don't know but um I think now in terms of like healing stuff is I'm trying to do less um, and just like do what I can do. Again, it's a learning process of like not being a perfectionist about it, but just like doing what I can do and taking it a day at a time and moving slow and, and always like working on my boundaries and I don't know. There's always something new to figure out about yourself that you need to quote unquote work on. So the onion, yeah, the onion. So I don't know. I'm just like trying to be present and always ever learning. And I really would love to be a little more um, musically creative. I get a little wrapped up in all of this stuff because it's, my thought is like, it's hard to be creative when you have all this other shit going on in your head, you know? So, so I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that, but yeah, it's a, it's a weird question now. Uh, you know, when I started this in January, the people had a lot clearer answers. I mean, I think everyone is in like, I don't know. Yeah. Know? And I think, you know, had COVID not happened, I'd be talking all about my musical goals, but <laughs> I don't know what that looks like. So, yep. Yeah. That's just where everyone, it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it is. I'm here. So, yeah, where can people, speaking of, you, I'm here. Where, where's here? <laughs> where can people find you? Um, my website is alleyholder.com, A L I H O L D E R.com. And like I have my music on there, I have my tarot readings you can book on there, private art lessons you can book on there. Um, I have a bunch of videos, I have all my music to stream and buy. Um, I think that's a really good, and my Facebook is like facebook.com slash Allie Holder Music. My Instagram is at Allie Holder. Cool. I think that's about it. Yeah. I have a Twitter, that's... but I don't really use it because I don't really understand it. Yeah. It just keeps coming. I'm like, Twitter is just all about comments and I don't like Yeah. That. My husband loves Twitter because it's about like, he's, he like gets his politics and stuff off there. And I'm like, I don't, I like pictures. <laughs> yeah. Same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i have one that's there i'm not quite sure what to do with it yeah uh so then i remind everyone uh oh i <gasps> almost forgot oh my gosh we gotta do our 10 questions <gasps> okay what was your first car oh man i had a yeah. 1993 pathfinder 
Ooh. And that thing was a tank, like ran into deer, ran into trees and like didn't even touch it. It was a I great first car for me. <laughs> what color was it? It was gray. Ooh. Yeah. Love that. Uh, when did you get your first period? I was 11. It was right mm. before we had this like, I went to a private Christian school growing up <laughs> through eighth grade. <laughs> and there was a lot of weird, weird shit that went on. But um, we had some like civil war banquet in fifth grade or something like that. And anyways, it was like right before that when I had to be dressed up in this like crazy like garb civil war garb. (laughs) Yeah. And I was just like, Oh my God. And of course it wasn't something we talked about. So I was just like, mom, (laughs) what's going on? Yeah. Um, this seems so trivial, but it's very important in our family. Toilet paper over under, you know, or you don't care. I feel my husband is so wonderful and just ha- always has an extra roll out for when it rolls out. Like when it rolls out, roll is done. And I just put it on whatever way I put it on. I didn't even actually know there was a difference until one time my mom was like, can you? So when I was living with, with them and she was like, can you like put the toilet paper on this way? And I was like, sure. I didn't even know. Yeah. I'm your mom. <laughs> Ah, my husband is too. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, those of us who are serious about the over are very serious about the over. Oh, it's true. Yeah, it is, it yeah, is easier. So I, yeah, so I have to ask everyone. Okay. <laughs> um, do you own a Lizzo album? I, I sadly, I'm a pretty bad musician when it comes to this. I, I have, I am a big Spotify user, which is very counterintuitive, I know. But so, sure, on... Um, on Spotify. I really don't, I'm not, I know all of Lizzo's hits and I love them and, and I cry almost every time I listen to them because they're so incredible, but I don't have any albums per se. Okay. I know it's pretty dated. I still like, if I like a musician, I buy the albums. No, that, have both thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're us, like, please. Yeah. It keeps us alive, truly. But I, uh, mostly because I just want to be able to, same thing. I want to talk about Lizzo. Like she is a goddess and talk about us. like, like mm. one of the mm-hmm. um, body image things that suggested is, uh-huh. is to follow people on socials who are your Our size or bigger po- and, and body um, positive. Yeah. And body positive, but mm. also to not like follow Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen and like Gwyneth yeah. Paltrow and people who have that look or whatever you want, you know, and like yeah. follow people like Lizzo who are just like, fuck yeah, look at my curves, mm-hmm. you know, look at my bikini. Yeah. You know? Oh my God. She had um, a four piece bikini on like, so it's gloves, mask, Oh you know, God. in a bikini. That's incredible. Yeah, that, that are all the same. Yeah. <laughs> She's the best. Uh, cilantro? Yes or no? I love cilantro. Okay. Yeah, because there's, there's those soap, you know, I know. soap people. When you drink a latte or a cappuccino or blah, 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 right? What kind of milk So I do you use? I gave up caffeine four years ago, which is the okay. hardest thing I've ever done, even over drinking. And, um, uh-huh. <laughs> but I, I'm, I can't do dairy. It's like an immediate mm-hmm. migraine trigger. Mm-hmm. So I... Okay. I prefer soy milk because it's creamy, mm-hmm. even though I know there's a lot of technically bad stuff about soy mm-hmm. milk, like mm-hmm. oat milk. Okay. I'm allergic mm-hmm. to almonds. Yeah. So. Oh, so that one's out. Yep. Um, family of origin. Where are you in the birth order? Um, I'm an only child. So uh, my dad. First, <laughs> my, first last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But first and last and middle. Um, my dad actually was married to another woman and adopted her two kids. So I have siblings who are in their fifties, but I was never raised with them. And I'm very much like a spoiled brat only child. 
I didn't realize it until I married my husband. And one time we were going over to my parents' house. He's one of like five. And um, I went over to my, we were going to my parents' house. And he's like, oh, you just go into the fridge with your only child privileges. And I was like, oh my God, I do. I just walk in and take whatever I want. Yeah, that's hilarious as uh, I have uh, four kids and uh, anyway, snacks, snack regulation. Yeah. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, What was your kindergarten teacher's name? What's my kindergarten teacher's name? I know this. My 4K teacher was Miss Williamson, who I even knew as an adult. She was wonderful. She passed away a couple years ago, but who was my... It wasn't Miss Redwine, but it was the other one. Oh, God, I can't remember. Maybe Miss Murphy? I don't know. I remember every other year. That's so funny. I, know. I love it. Uh, tell me, three things in your kitchen, like appliances, tools, utensils, that like you are advocates for? Oh, definitely my stand mixer. Uh-huh. Love to bake. Like a KitchenAid kind of thing? Yeah, KitchenAid. Okay. I, yep. Looking over there, a food processor, which is super, super helpful, even though it's kind of a cheap one. <laughs> it doesn't work that great. And I also recently, um, I didn't even realize we had this, but it's like a um, silicone brush. So you can like brush stuff with it and it's not like bristles aren't falling out. And, you know, that's been really great too. Uh, in your bread time, you've been brushing butter, butter on, huh? Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I use it for the most is butter on stuff. Yeah. Or I have some ghee right now. Oh. Like you, all you need for ghee is a damn silicone brush. Yeah. So good. I don't know how else you're supposed to do it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's my 10 questions. Oh, oh my gosh. I almost, I can't believe I almost forgot those. Those are my f- new favorite thing. Um, so I guess in, in some find Allie at AllieHolder.com. Uh, it'll be in the show notes so you can click away. Um, I believe you have a newsletter, right? I do. Can you can sign, sign up, up for it on my website. Yay. And uh, as usual, I am on everything, and it's at LaJoy Society, which is L-A-J-O-I-E Society.com, um, and all, all the social media things is LaJoy Society. All right, everyone, I'll talk to you all next week. Everything up to this point has led me here, and there's nowhere I'd rather be than to be.
Sí.